Hey everybody, Todd from the Talking Pictures Podcast here. We are all about the solar eclipse in this week's episode. It's a quickie episode. It's a quick conversation with Alan Scheidler, the president of the Popular Astronomy Club here in the Quad Cities. And uh, I, Alan's got a lot of really good information that I think you should listen to, even if you're getting to this podcast after the solar eclipse. So if, you're, if you don't get to this until after Monday's eclipse, please listen anyway, because I think he's got some really interesting things to say about science and uh, just getting interested in those kinds of things. And, and uh, I think it's some really good information. So I would stay tuned all the way through it and come to it even if you or listen to it, even if it's, you're getting this podcast after Monday. And a little bit of housekeeping before we get started. We have moved the feed, many of you probably already know this, from SoundCloud to Podbean. So if you had some extra downloads in your iTunes feed, that's the reason, because it thought they were new. Anyway, we are excited, really excited about being on Podbean. So download the Podbean app, especially if you were listening to us on the SoundCloud app, because right now SoundCloud is just a redirect. We're uh, really, really, really excited about being on this new, this new platform. Um, we're still on iTunes because the RSS feed goes with us. So uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, nothing's changed. If you're listening to us on SoundCloud, switch to Podbean. Uh, it's a great app. It's a much better app than SoundCloud. It's, uh, it's a pretty exciting, exciting move for us, and we hope to expand to other podcasting distribution points so more people can get the podcast soon. And we'll announce that on Twitter, Facebook, and on the, on the blog. So uh, stay tuned for our conversation with Alan Scheidler, president of the Popular Astronomy Club here in the Quad Cities. Hi, everybody. I'm here in Millennium Park in Moline with Alan from the the president of the Popular Astronomy Club here in Moline and the Quad Cities, I should say. And Alan knows all things solar eclipse. Well, he's the closest thing I have to an expert standing next to me right now. So how excited are you about the solar eclipse, the total solar eclipse? Well, obviously, I'm, I'm very excited about it because this is the first uh, total solar eclipse that uh, I'm hoping to see. Um, this will be a partial eclipse. Let me just say this. It'll be a partial eclipse here in the Quad Cities. The uh, sun's only going to be about 93% at its maximum coverage. So uh, it won't get nighttime dark here. It's just going to diminish the brightness of the sun a little bit in our sky. Uh, but where I'm going, which is down into Missouri, I'm hoping to go to uh, Columbia, Missouri, I have reservations down there, and uh, it will be total there, and all we need is good weather. This is, and this is your first one. Right. What do you expect to be feeling or thinking when that, when it happens? Well, I don't know. I guess this is, this is one of the things I've heard people say that have witnessed, uh, you know, total eclipses, that it's really awe-inspiring and it changes their whole outlook on, on life, the scale of the universe. You know, when you, when you see this uh, uh, path of darkness rushing towards you at 1,500 miles per hour and it washes over you and you feel an instantaneous drop in temperature, you know, you see wildlife doing certain things like they think it's turning to nighttime and then uh, two minutes later the whole thing is over again and uh, then it starts brightening up again. You know, there's a lot going on. It's it's really it's really a visceral experience. So I want to experience that. And and someone who takes a lot of 
pictures of 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 astronomy related items you were just telling me that you're you're going to kind of dial back on photography and experience it straight up that's right uh you know uh astronomy is really an observational thing anybody can enjoy it uh you don't need to be uh an expert on photography to to do that and that's what i'm hoping to do here yeah i've uh, taken quite a few pictures most of them as you know probably get thrown away <laughs> yeah. yeah so i do know all about that <laughs> so uh my intent here is you know when totality hits uh if we can see it and we have clear skies it's only going to last about two minutes and 30 seconds roughly how much time do you have to adjust your camera settings and, and get the right settings uh, I'm not even going to bother with that. This being my first total eclipse, I just want to go and enjoy it and experience it visually and observe it. Yeah, we were we have bought our filters. Uh, we're ready to, to, to photograph it here. Uh, the one thing I was reading about that you know all the settings and all the filters that you would put on the camera for when the sun is directly going in uh, have to be removed at the at the time of um, uh, totality because it's dark out. Yeah, that's right. It's going to get to be like uh, nighttime with a full moon, basically that level of brightness. And you'll be able to see stars and planets that are in the sky at that, at that particular time. Uh, but it's going to be dark. You know, it's in totality. Now, here in Moline, in the Quad City area, it won't be like that. It's still going to be like daytime. But uh, it's going to be a weird effect because the uh, sun will just be a very, very thin crescent. A sliver, if you will, okay. and but that's still going to be a very bright sliver, and that'll be enough to illuminate the uh, environment. And uh, uh, so, you can never not remove the uh, filters or the the glasses, the eclipse glasses. You need to always use those for the entire duration of this event here in the Quad Cities for safety reasons. Yeah, it was good. That was the, actually you answered my next question. Was that anybody who who is ah, oh, I'll just look at the sun. I, I I you know it's not that big a deal. It is a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. Uh, normally, uh, our eyes are not designed to stare at bright objects like the sun, and the sun is bright enough that it can damage your eye in just a few seconds. So, I would highly caution people not to uh, look at the sun, and even if you think you have safe uh, equipment. You know, minimize your exposure and uh, not do it any more than, than you really need to. Um, you know, so, yes, it's very important to uh, always be cautious when you look at bright objects like the sun. And during this eclipse, since it's only a partial eclipse, the uh, disk of the sun, the portion of it that is still uncovered is still just as bright and can uh, damage the eye very readily. So you were talking about when the the effect of um, the total eclipse and the and the the temperature drop and the and the the, the birds changing patterns for because they think it's night out. Can you, have you ever thought about what people in medieval times that didn't have the scientific knowledge that we have might have thought in a in a solar eclipse that that happened to them on a odd, odd Tuesday? Well, yeah, uh, this, this would come as a shock to people. And uh, all of a sudden it turns nighttime during uh, the midday uh, sun. That would, that would be very, uh, very shocking if you didn't know about it. Now here, here in our modern society that's very uh, science educated, 
Uh, we've known about this coming for decades, actually. We knew that it was going to occur on this date, and we knew exactly where the path of totality would, would be. And uh, uh, we can predict those things with uh, very, very fine uh, precision. Uh, but in the uh, medieval times or you know, ancient times, these things would have occurred, and uh, most people would not know what it was even. Yeah, it just it's it kind of blows my mind to think that the the, <laughs> the odd blacksmith in uh, you know in in medieval times standing there pounding on on metal making swords or whatnot that all of a sudden it's dark out and I can't even imagine what was going through their heads. So how long have you had your reservations for? Well, I don't remember precisely, but probably at least six months. Uh, you know, made reservations in Columbia. Are you surprised by the national media hype? Uh, yeah, there's an awful lot of hype. And right, even right here in the Quad Cities, my phone has been ringing off the wall here the last, last week or so, and, uh, which is really great. Uh, this, is, this is really uh, you know, part of what we do as a club. You know, part of what we do, you know, Popular Astronomy Club, our members are engaged in their own education and uh, observational programs, photography, you know, imaging and uh, uh, observing. Uh, but part of what we do also is to try to reach out to the public and educate people and answer questions. And we do have uh, public observing sessions uh, for the public like uh, we have at Niabi Zoo. Uh, normally we have uh, a free you know, public observing session every third Saturday uh, of every month, except this month we're, we're going to be meeting tonight actually i don't know when this is this oh, is going to be probably be up later tonight when i have time okay well it'll already be passed then oh, but uh, okay. uh normally it would be saturday night but uh, tonight we're going to be at the uh Niabi zoo parking lot uh so it's a friday night this this month and we won't be meeting there uh saturday but normally it's always the third saturday unless it's uh raining and you're going to and bring your mobile observatory to the moline public library on monday for the eclipse that's correct. We plan to bring the uh, mobile observatory. We call it the PACMO, the Popular Astronomy Club Mobile Observatory. Very nice. Uh, catchy little uh, you know, phrase there. Uh, in that uh, observatory, we have a 12-inch Mead telescope. It's computer-controlled, and uh, it can actually find objects automatically. Uh, if you know how to program it, it can, wow. it can find things. Uh, so it's, it's really great. And it's a great observational tool. Uh, club members, uh, you know, if you're a member of the club, we train you how to operate the equipment, and you get to play with these really expensive pieces of telescopic hardware. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, that's housed in our observatory, and we have a dome that rotates. It's just like a real observatory. It is a real observatory with a, uh, you know, a door that opens up just like uh, you see uh, you know, at any of the uh, larger observatories, but Very cool. this is one that we take uh, to where people want it to come, like Niabi Zoo, the Moline Public Library, which is where we will be Monday during the eclipse, and uh, we've been to schools, you know, we've been to all the, I think we've been to virtually all the libraries in the last, uh, I'd say, year or so, we've been to virtually all the libraries around here. The libraries have been excellent. Yeah, that that's uh, that seems to be the national trend is that the of, of having big parties and observations at the the library and education. The um, since we're a photography podcast, 
and you photographed partial eclipse before and essentially this will be a partial eclipse here what tips do you have for people across the country that listen to us and then listen to us locally on photographing um, an eclipse well my recommendation is this uh, come to uh, the popular astronomy club meetings you know uh, join our club or you know come to meetings uh, and see if that's for you or not see if you really are interested uh, in astronomy if you are if you want to want to join our club we're not going to twist anybody's arm but uh, come see the kinds of equipment we have you know come out to Niabi Zoo because uh, a lot of times we'll have uh, eight or ten or twelve telescopes diff- of different types set up out there people with imaging and screens that uh, can project the uh, image for groups to see. Uh, and uh, you can pick people's brains, you know, and everybody's helpful. Everybody's very helpful. And that's what I'd recommend if it's not the popular astronomy club. Uh, you know, there's also the Quad City Astronomical Society uh, over on the Iowa side. And, uh, and then there's, there's a lot of astronomy clubs in you know, all over, all over the country, basically, and I'd recommend uh, seeking out one of those clubs and uh, going to their meetings and thinking about joining. And and if you're if you if, since this is happening Monday and they probably don't have time to join, if you are uh, don't have a filter already purchased, uh, a solar a proper solar solar approved filter, don't point your camera at this, right? No, I wouldn't recommend. Not even a cell phone or an ex- definitely an expensive camera. Uh, the thing you have to realize is the lenses uh, that we have on uh, cameras, most cameras are large and they can soak in a lot of light and that's all going to be focused down on, on that sensor and when you do that there's a lot of heat buildup and after a few seconds you can, you can melt uh, components inside your camera or your cell phone, you can ruin it. So I would not recommend doing it. And uh, the, you know when I was first researching uh, what we needed um, before I bought what we bought, uh, I thought, oh, the, the drop-in filter for a 3028, you can just drop the, the 52 millimeter filter, and I don't know if you know what that is, but there's, but and then I then I Googled it, and thank goodness for Google because the first thing everybody was saying was don't use a drop-in filter on a long piece of glass because it will only increase the heat, like you said, and you'll fry the whole shooting match. Yeah, now by a drop-in filter, you're talking about something between the objective lens and the camera body correct yes it's it's a it's uh yeah exactly right and so all that was going to do is concentrate the heat closer to the camera and the elements and you were just going to end up with a big mess and and uh so we've we've got a setup that we hopefully work it's obviously not going to fill the frame uh but with the with the the megapixels of the cameras that we use and the and the photoshop or whatever we're just planning on building a sequence of what it looks like here uh because obviously we won't be in the path of totality so we you know as journalists we're going to record what it looks like here and that will just have to be you know that will be you know the recording of of, of local history so yeah. um how did you get into this i mean how did you get into Australia? is this a lifelong passion well yeah i i would say it's something that i grew up with i was raised on a farm out in ohio and uh as far as you know solar observing my brother and i have been doing solar observing uh since uh the you know early 1960s I would say and uh, one of the things that we found out is if you go into a barn and there's not holes in the sighting if the sun is in the right position it casts an image of the sun it's like a pinhole which actually if you if you look at those uh, spots uh, 
from the beam of sunlight on oh. the other side of the uh, barn. Cool. It's actually an image of the sun, and if you if you have the right size uh, knot hole, <laughs> it's actually it will actually reveal sunspots. And if you have an eclipse, you'll see, you know, you'll see the partial phase of that as well. Very cool, very cool. Well, see, I I had no idea. And see, this is why we do the podcast, and we interview interesting people like you, because hopefully our listeners will, will, will gain information. Now I'm not going to go into a barn without thinking about that the next time, every time I go into a barn. Yeah, next time you do that, just take note. You you might be amazed. And, you know, the thing that uh, uh, in in my brother's and, and I's case, what we found out was uh, the knot hole, there weren't enough knot holes in the right position. Oh, okay. So what we did is we got a drill. <laughs> and we made more knot holes, <laughs> but we didn't tell Dad about that. No, I yeah, that's he probably would have understood though. Um, so, anything else that people should know about the uh, solar eclipse um, before we sign off? Yeah, the thing that I would say is let this be the ignition point in your interest to uh, get involved in astronomy and science, math and science. You know, when we talk about STEM. Uh, this could be the uh, start of something really cool. And even if you're not interested in, in science or math, if you're interested in uh, art even, there's a lot of uh, really interesting objects out in space that uh, you can photograph or you can observe visually that are very appealing, you know, from just from an artistic point of view. Nebulae, you know, uh, star nurseries, uh, planets, moons. You know, the planet Jupiter, for example, is really nice with all the cloud patterns that are constantly changing, and you can see it rotate. And, and the large sun or the large uh, red spot on on Jupiter, uh, Saturn with rings, and it's always changing orientation year to year. You know, as the planets rotate around in their orbits, uh, there's there's beauty to appreciate. There's uh, science to learn. And, uh, you know, if you like computers, hey, uh, we got all kinds of computer equipment, photography, optics. You know, if you're into space weather, uh, observing the sun, observing anything, there, there you go. It's a, I, would, I would say don't let, let this be the beginning. Don't let this be the end after the eclipse. Uh, stay with it. Get involved. Cool. Alan, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Have a good time. And I hope you get, I hope it's not cloudy where you, because it would be such a buzzkill. Yes, I, <laughs> I agree. And hopefully it'll be clear here too. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you. The Talking Pictures podcast is produced by Todd Meisner with help from Todd Welvert, Meg McLaughlin, Brian Achenbach, and Gary Cranbeck. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod at incomputech.com. To see some of the photos and videos discussed in our podcast, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog, talkingpicturespodcast.blogspot.com. Make sure you never miss a podcast by subscribing to the Talking Pictures Podcast on iTunes or Podbean.